Heavenly Father, we uh, ask that you would uh, kindly work so that this time now of uh, being in your word would uh, bless you. And in blessing you, then we would receive uh, your grace, your, uh, your goodness. So Heavenly Father, please be in charge and please bring much blessing to yourself now. In Jesus' name, amen. I have read that disunity has always been a problem with God's people. Divisions have certainly not been rare among us. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, is not done teaching us about how we should be when we disagree with one another as believers over non-foundational issues, over secondary matters. He has said to us so far, we are to accept or welcome one another and we are not to be a stumbling block to one another. Receive one another in the heart, differences and all, he has said, and do not cause one another to stumble or fall in his or her Christian life. Today, Paul will give us further instructions for when we have these differences with one another. Our text is Romans 15, verses 1 through 7, and point number one is this. The strong are to bear with the failings of the weak. Let me say that again. The strong are to bear with the failings of the weak. These words come right from verse 1 of Romans 15. Verse 1, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak. The historical setting of Romans chapters 14 and 15 is this. The believers in Rome were divided over special diets and special days. Some of the members of the church thought it was a sin to eat the meat found in Rome, and so they ate only vegetables. And they thought it a sin not to observe the Jewish holy days, so they kept every one of them. Other members, however, did not think that believers in Christ had to worry, had to be concerned about those items. In Christ, we are free to eat whatever we want, and Jewish holy days have been fulfilled in him. Here's another way to put the disagreement that was present in the church at Rome. In the church at Rome, there were those who were strong 
in the faith. That is, there were those who understood their spiritual liberty in the Lord Jesus. They were not enslaved to special diets and Jewish holy days. And there were those in the church at Rome who were weak in the faith. Those who felt obligated, those who felt constrained to follow strict legalistic rules concerning eating and worshiping. The strong, the weak. Paul classified himself with the strong believers. Verse 1, we who are strong. Paul was able to see and enjoy the believer's freedom in Christ. But, but Paul wrote to the Romans, verse 1 again, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. We who understand this freedom that we have in Christ, said Paul, ought not to be insensitive to those who do not. Rather, we are to carry their failings. We are to bear their failings, to hopefully be of help to them in their spiritual development. Our first point today for our times of differences, for our times of disagreement among ourselves, our first point today for us is this. The strong are to bear with the weak. Those of us who have a fuller, a deeper, a better understanding right now of things in Christ are to gently bear with those of us who do not until we do. In the church at Corinth in Paul's day, one found this situation. Much of the meat that was for sale in the marketplace had first been sacrificed to a pagan deity. The pagan deity received his token portion, and then the rest of the meat was sold by retail merchants at the market. Among the Christians at Corinth, there were some who knew that that meat was neither better nor worse for its association with a pagan deity because a pagan deity is nothing at all. However, there were other Christians who were not so happy about that meat because they felt that somehow that meat had become infected. It had become contaminated by its idolatrous association. Here is what Paul wrote to the Corinthian believers about their situation. It's 1 Corinthians 8, 
verses 4, 7, and 13. Verse 4. So then, about eating food, sacrificed to idols. We know that an idol is nothing at all in the world, and that there is no God but one. Verse 7. But not everyone knows this. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat such food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to an idol. And since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. In the church at Corinth, there was a division, the strong and the weak. Well, what should be done? Verse 13, therefore, if what I eat causes my brother to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause him to fall. The strong are to bear with the failings of the weak. Those who have a fuller, deeper, better understanding of things in Christ are to gently bear with those who do not until they do. Paul says to us, this is the word of God we're looking at, and it's the word of God for us. And the word of God says to us, first of all today, in reference to our differences in non-foundational matters, we who are strong are to bear with the failings of the weak. Point number two. Paul also says to us, all of us are to please our neighbors. Let me say that again. All of us are to please our neighbors. These words, too, come right from our text. Verse 2. Each of us should please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Paul is saying to us now that our not getting along with fellow believers because of differences with them in secondary matters is actually a problem of self-centeredness. Let me get stronger. It's actually a problem of selfishness. It's a problem of us being more interested in having our own way, of us being more interested in pleasing ourselves than of us focusing on and pleasing our fellow believers. Self-centeredness. Point two from Paul is, please our neighbors. Consider them first. Put their interests ahead of ours. Help them in every way possible for their good to build them up. In verse three, Paul brings up the Lord Jesus as an example. 
What greater example could be given? Paul reminds us that when the Lord Jesus came, he paid a tremendous price so his people could be saved. He did not think of himself. He was not wrapped up in being served. Rather, he served his people. He thought of his people for their eternal life. Notice verse 3. For even Christ, for even the Son of God, for even the second person of the Trinity, if anyone has a right to please himself, it is God. But even Christ did not please himself. But as it is written, the insults of those who insult you, English Standard Version, the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. I have taken them. In a church where I used to work when I was in seminary, the senior pastor wanted to make some changes to their observance of the Lord's Supper. He believed these changes would be good, would be beneficial, would make the time at the Lord's table more meaningful and worshipful. He was opposed by a few of the members. We have never done it that way before. What did the pastor do? As far as I know, he was considerate of those fellow Christians. He did not make the changes, hoping though that eventually he would be able to do so. In our differences, and we will have differences. No, let me put it this way. And we do have differences. We are to serve. We are to please our neighbors. We are to be selfless. Briefly, Paul in verse 4 tells us of a source that will help us in pleasing others. Look now at verse 4. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Do you see it? Do you see what the help is? The scriptures, the word of God, they will give us what we need to live lives of putting others ahead of us. We must confess that we sometimes get impatient with other Christians, especially the ones to whom we're married. We get impatient. Just as parents become impatient with their children so we sometimes get impatient with other believers. But the word of God, the scriptures, 
can give us the endurance and encouragement that we need to please others. I hope you're reading the Bible every day. I hope you're spending time with God in his word and in prayer every day. Moving on, point number three. We are to fix our attention on following Christ. What else does Paul bring up about this crucial topic as far as unity and harmony in the church goes? We are to fix our attention on following Christ. We are to make agreeing with and about Christ the focus of our lives. Verse 5, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity as you follow Christ Jesus. In verse 5 here, notice that Paul is not telling us that real unity is brought about by seeing eye to eye on everything. If you would only see it the way I see it, we would be one. Paul is not saying that unity comes from agreeing on every detail in the Bible. Agreeing on every teaching, agreeing on every principle, agreeing on every action. I've told you just recently about the church. A minister friend of mine was called to go and pastor. If I know correctly, in order to be a member of that church, in order to be in that church, you had to agree to a list of items. And not all those items were essential items like the person and work of Christ. Also this, also that, agree to this, say amen to that. Some of us might think, well, that's the way to have unity. My pastor friend saw a red flag. He did not go. He told me, that church went on to divide. It went on to split. Paul is not telling us that real unity is brought about by agreeing on every detail in the Bible. No, he is rather saying to us, every one of us be given over to following the Lord Jesus Christ. Every one of us be taken up with him. Every one of us be focused on agreeing with and about him. Paul says, if we will be so made up, then we will experience unity with one another in the midst of our differences. Look again at verse 5. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement 
give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, as we fix our attention on him, following him, learning from him, being like him, obeying him, serving him, pleasing him. The more Christ fills our spiritual vision, the greater will be our cohesiveness. A number of years ago, every once in a while, I, I confess a wrong in my life. Here's one of those times. A number of years ago, I was asked to be part of a small prayer and fellowship group of pastors. Pastors who knew the Lord Jesus, but pastors with whom I differed in understanding certain parts of the Bible. Pastors from other denominations. I hesitated. I mean, they didn't understand certain parts of the Bible correctly. I thought. I was counseled by some friends to join them. And I did. And it was great. It really was. As we focused bottom line on being followers of the Lord Jesus, we had wonderful times of prayer and fellowship. I even got to the point where I had them come here and we used this building for our time of prayer and fellowship. We are to fix our attention on agreeing with and about the Lord Jesus. So let me ask, is the attention of your life the Lord Jesus? Or is it some secondary detail? Some, some particular disagreement? Is it Jesus Christ or something like that? Before we leave our third point, notice in verse 6 what one result of our unity will be. Verse 6. So that... With one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our harmony, our unity will have an effect on our corporate worship of God. With one heart and mouth we will glorify our Lord God. Though our unity will greatly help us in our witness to the world, Paul chooses to tell us here that it will help us in our times of worship. And so once more, with one heart and mouth, we will glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our last point this morning, I'll, I'll only mention I only need to mention it because Paul has brought it up before in Romans 14, and we spent time then considering it. Here it is. We are to accept 
one another. Along with the strong bearing with the failings of the weak, all of us seeking to please the other one, fixing our attention on following the Lord Jesus, we are to accept in our heart one another. Verse 7. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Did Christ wait until your theology was 100% correct to accept you? Did Christ wait until you perfectly understood his word to accept you? Until there were no differences between you and him. Let me say that again. Did Christ wait until there were no differences between you and him? Well, why then do we wait until all the differences are removed before we have unity with one another? Did Christ wait until your practices were 100% right on? No. When you believed in him, as Lord and Savior, he accepted you as his child. And even though he sees so many errors, so much waywardness in your thinking and in your living, in him, in the Lord Jesus, you are accepted by him and will never be let go. Accept one another then, we read. Receive one another then, differences and all. Disunity uh, is a problem uh, among believers. Conflict has been and still is a real challenge in our midst. By God's grace, let us here have a spirit of togetherness through carrying out the word of God, which we've just heard. The strong bearing with the failings of the weak, all of us seeking to please the other one, fixing our attention on the Lord Jesus, agreeing with and about him, and welcoming one another in the heart. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, again, we, we admit, we confess that this is such an important uh, area uh, to you, that your people dwell together in unity, that we are at peace with one another for worship, for witness, for other reasons. Heavenly Father, would you work here, please, at Trinity Church, so that one of the things that is said about Trinity Church is my, how they love one another and how they properly get along with one another.
And then, Heavenly Father, would you take that and move it into our homes, into our marriages, into our relations with our children? Would you take this and move it into our extended family? And would you bless us with what we have just heard there as well? We pray to you, Heavenly Father, through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.